Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, where you will find messages from various speakers here at Eastgate House of Prayer Mission Base, both a house of prayer and a praying church. We pray that you are blessed through this message and that a greater measure of truth is revealed to you as you listen. Well, I believe the Lord is calling us to a season of seeking His face, which you could say that about every season, amen? But I feel it strongly in my spirit. And I feel like the body of Christ in the season, so we, I'm putting my hands on myself here, we desperately, that's not like some false humility. No, it's just a, in touch with reality. We desperately need discernment in the season. We really need to be able to hear what the Lord is saying to us individually, as families, and as a corporate body. He's looking, I believe, it's in his heart. This is an invitation from the Lord. It's in his heart. He's wanting to lead us in the midst of increasing challenges in the earth. You probably don't have to be a prophet to figure that one out, hey? Challenges, some of the challenges that are taking place in the earth. I believe he wants us to be a people who are anchored in the hope beyond the veil, a people of his presence, where we, not familiar as in we're there and we're not, but we actually become acquainted with living there in that place with him, in that place of union with him, that we are manifesting a, not a, just a verbal faith, but a faith that's alive on the inside, and it's manifesting with power on the outside. It's the power of his kingdom. And to be living out the love of Christ that never fails us. To manifest the love of Christ in an hour when there is so much division being sown in the nations of the earth right now. We are the light of the world. Amen? We need a power manifestation of the love of Christ. And that has to start here first, inside. We're, uh, as I said, I made mention to, alluded to, uh, we are stepping into Rosh Hashanah, which, how many know what Rosh Hashanah is? Just put up your hand, please, hold up. Okay, so like, half of you, you know, so this is good. I'm glad I asked. So Rosh Hashanah is the Hebrew New Year. It's a Hebrew calendar. It's a Hebrew New Year. And it's funny, I used to think when I was little that, you know, when it came to this time of year, even when I was ignorant, I didn't know anything about Scripture or anything like that. I was full-blown heathen. 
But I was always excited around this time of year about, it's like the possibility. It felt like this was the new year more than January 1st. It always feels like, oh, and I used to think, oh, it's because school's starting, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but as I came to know the Lord and some of his ways, I began to understand that it was inside of me. It's like we're crossing the threshold, leaving one year and moving into the next year. You know, and there's, with that, I believe there's a grace to seek the Lord because he desires to make himself known. It's not begrudging, right? We're not asking and begging somebody who doesn't want to have a relationship with us. He's, he's given us grace for this time and season to be inquiring of him and asking him, what is on your heart? I believe that that's the season that we're in. So Rosh Hashanah, New Year's, starts tomorrow night at sunset and it goes until Wednesday evening at sundown and now it just happens to be that the global bridegroom fast which we've carried we've we've done well in seasons where we've carried it and and, and sort of we're in that sort of, uh, what I'll call it a rhythm, you know, a rhythm of life where what the global bridegroom fast is, is it's the first Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of every month, okay, which is a time of fasting and it's a time of focus prayer. And there are parts of the body of Christ throughout the nations, all throughout the nations, that they just do this as a way of rhythm of life, you know, kind of like the monastic you know, people back in the day and still around the earth that it's like, it's just a, a rhythm and a way of life what they, where they include fasting and seeking the Lord. So um, we're going to re-kick that and restart that as far as focus, bringing it to our attention each month. Um, it's a wonderful grace of God. Um, fasting, it's a whole nother teaching that I can bring but it is a grace. It's not a, some religious burden. It is my, I don't know where I'd be without fasting, honestly, like just in my spiritual journey with the Lord. But it just so happens that the global bridegroom fast, which is again, Monday, this tomorrow, starting tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, aligns with Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so I am welcoming you to join us, <laughs> that we would together consider and ask the Lord, Lord, what could I be fasting over the next couple days? How, how can I position myself to be inquiring of you in this, as we're moving and transitioning into a new season? Because I'm telling you, you need to hear from the Lord. You, you, you cannot afford to coast in this season just kind of, and nor can I. I need to hear from him in a fresh way. There are questions that need to be asked, and there's answers that need to be gained in this season. Like, 
there are very significant things taking place all around us, whether it's a national election or whether it's globally what's happening. Uh, you can look at all of the different things uh, that are taking place. In the midst of all that confusion and the things that are going on, our good Father wants to give us counsel and wisdom. He wants us navigating with full confidence, with courage in our spirits, knowing what he's doing, seeing his hand at work in the midst of when, if you're just looking or listening to the false prophets, yeah, it's the media, false prophets, I unashamedly say that. Um, their narratives, their ideologies, all of that. In the midst of that, we need the spirit of truth to give us a counsel, but that requires a positioning of heart. It's a humility of heart, actually. Scripture says that God draws near to the humble, but he resists the proud. So if you think you don't need to, you know, you're good. But humility says, I do need you. Unashamedly, I need you, Father, and I need your counsel. I need your wisdom. I need understanding. I need, with regards to my family, how do I prepare in this season? With regards to, as a, as a shepherd, for my case, for you, it might be in the workplace or the, whatever your ministry is, wherever your ministry. But just even as a nation, as we're praying for the nation, as we're praying for spheres of influence, what are you saying about this? I know there's all kinds of narratives out here. But I need to hear from you, Father, what you're saying. Because whatever he has to say, it's going to impart grace and it's going to impart faith to your heart and to your spirit. You'll be filled with hope when you get his answers. And I gave this as a little tip on Friday night. But I would encourage us, the first question we want to be asking Okay. You can write this down or come back to it. Or if you have a young brain, you can remember it. Um, is instead of coming with just the list of questions that you might have, is it's asking this question first. Father, what are the questions that I should be asking you in this season? asking the only wise king, the one who's absolute sovereign, brilliant in splendor and majesty, and is absolutely over all. He's unfolding his story. Asking him, what are the questions that I should be asking you in this season? That's really awesome, Kirk. That's a, that's a good word. Because it sets things right. And it sets us in a place of confidence that 
I could be asking a lot of questions that I think are pertinent or important. How many have asked questions, but you feel like I've just not been getting any answers from them? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I have. And then it's like, why aren't you answering me on this? Because I'm not talking about that right now. It's not what you need to know right now. Oh, well, what do I need to know in this season? What questions should I be asking in this season? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, son. Let me give you a list that I'm ready to answer for you. But I want the answer to this. It's just, it's like, no, you need to know the answer to these questions. This is what's going to help you most in this season. So the invitation, the global bridegroom fast, as we're transitioning, finishing, literally finishing one year here today and moving into the next year tomorrow. It's a great time to be inquiring of the Lord. You know, you can ask yourself, when's the last time you set yourself apart as far as time and inquiring of the Lord, undistracted? I mean, maybe even putting your phone away. Oh, Lord, I love you. Ding. Oh, Oh, I so love you. You have my whole heart. Ding. Oh. Right? Ah, Jesus. We do love you. We're going to choose to humble ourselves in this season and inquire of our good Father, be anchored in his goodness with this simple confession before him is, I need to hear from you. Maybe spend an hour or two just giving thanks, like literally just thanking him for the past season, thanking him for what he's doing, though you might not know. None of us know fully what he's doing in the season, but, but thanking him that his heart, in his heart, he wants to make that known to us. He's good. Thanksgiving, humility will get you everywhere in the kingdom. I cannot afford to navigate this hour of history drifting, nor can you. Lord gave me this this morning really in a fresh way. We're going we're gonna to just sort of anchor in Psalm uh, 27. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, but uh, if it matters to you. Um, David gives us an example of how to position ourselves when the day of trouble is at hand. What day of trouble? You know, the day of trouble. When's that? I don't know. Is Do we see any trouble happening in the earth? I'd call this a day of trouble. There's, there's lots of stuff going on around us and in the nations of the earth right now. Uh, 
economies looking to collapse, you know, nations, people being slaughtered. Yeah, yeah we're in a day of, there, there's trouble going on. We're in a day of trouble. But David shows us how to position ourselves in that. It's positioning ourselves in love. And I'm just going to rattle this off, and I most likely will come back to each of them sometime in the, over the next month or two. Um, we are living, for those taking notes, we are living in a Psalm 2 reality in the nations right now. We are living in a Psalm 2 reality right now in the nations of the earth. The kings and the rulers, meaning the wealthy, the elites, those who are in spheres of influence, they are conspiring together against the Lord and against his anointed, against his church even. If somebody's anointed in the earth, who would that be right now? The church, right? These kings and rulers are conspiring together against the church. And in the midst of it, there's a revelation in Psalm 2 that the Father says, I've installed my king upon my holy hill. So there's, there's things we need to encounter from these scriptures that give us heaven's perspective in the midst of the world, what's happening in the world, swirling in the world. We need to see that the Father has established his king that is ruler over the kings. The one who sits in the heavens and the la he laughs. And that's like a mocking laughter. Like it's like, I can't believe they think that they can, you know, get away with what they're attempting. Like we're talking the sovereign, the almighty. He created the heavens and the earth. And in the midst of this Psalm 2, hour that is taking place in the nations and the glorious heavenly realities of a king that's been installed. His name is Jesus. There's also a, an assault against Genesis 2 that is being reviled, reviling the foundations of the family, male and female. So you got Psalm 2, you got Genesis 2 that is being assaulted right now. God made humanity male and female. In, in the midst of an hour that's confusing right now where there's all kinds of confusion, God made them male and female. Blood purchased this. Not just the blood of Jesus, but the blood of the apostles, the prophets who were slain, so that we could have this word, this eternal word, this living word. This is the word of God. It's infallible. I don't read the word intellectually in, my, in the wisdom of man and judge the word. This word judges me. This word is sharper than a double-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit. It is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of my heart. 
and is able to bring counsel, divine counsel into me and say, cut this off. Be filled with this. I build my life upon this. This is the rock. This is the Holy Spirit breathed word to all generations. The cost of this book or the app that you have of the living word of God is priceless. And yet we're living in a generation that is not impressed. I'll spend an hour here or an hour there watching or looking at this, but I won't engage with this divine word, this blood-bought word, this spirit-breathed word that has the capacity to transform my life, that has the capacity to heal me, that has the capacity to be true north in my life in the midst uh, of a crooked, of a perverse generation, of a confused generation. I have light It's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I have this gift, and I have to ask myself, am I giving any time? And am I allowing the word of Almighty God to judge my life, to bring healing to my soul, and bring hope to a generation? I have to ask myself that. Kirk, you're a little intense. No, I'm not. I'm really holding back it's and we're living in a generation that is railing against the truth of scripture and the truth of I'm just making it clear from the frontier for everybody who might be tuning in and to us as a house this is the final authority And rest assured, both you and I will give account and we will kneel before our king and give account for our lives and the way we lived. That's, uh, that's not a fear of damnation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the responsibility that was given, the entrustment. This is entrustment, beloved. This isn't a passive thing. This is a divine entrustment to each of us. And it's like we will give account with what we've been entrusted with. We're stewards, amen? Yes, we're sons. Yes, we're daughters. But we're also stewards of the Word of God. And this Word is the sword of the Lord that is given. It's a gift. It's to be most treasured. Because this, this, this is the one thing that is given that can cut through the confusion of my heart or of my mind and introduce me to the true Jesus. There's many Jesus out there. There's one true Jesus. And if the Jesus that we follow doesn't line up with Scripture, then I'm just letting you know right now, we'd be following the wrong Jesus, and we're going to be rudely um, offended 
because we've made up a Jesus in our own image, in our own likeness. And when we see him face to face, he's not going to be that Jesus. So why is the scripture important? He says, I've given it to you as a gift. Blood purchased, not just by me, but my apostles, my prophets. We're all killed, martyred for bringing this and giving this to you as a gift. This will lead you to in the greatest and the deepest, most spiritual encounters that you've ever had in your life. This will divide between what is just soulish darkness and what's demonic. It will be the light unto your path in this season. My word is not king. This word is king. I submit under the leadership of this word and I let it divide between soul and spirit. I let it discern my heart, my thoughts, my intents, even my, my intents, my motivations. I let it do what only it can do. In case you're wondering, I'm in a really good mood. So, Psalm 2, reality in the nations. Genesis 2 is being challenged, the truth of Genesis 2, of the foundation of the family that has been being eroded and challenged and destroyed. Voices, false prophets have been railing and looking to destroy the foundations of the family. I reject it. I resist it. I refuse to align my soul with it. And my heart is filled with great compassion for where people are at in confusion or lost or in darkness. Trust, like my heart. I was in the modeling industry for years. You know, like I mean, I was in the world. I know the confusion and the darkness that's out there. I have great uh, love and tenderness for those that are lost. So when you hear me speaking strongly, it's not with some religious spirit, but it's truth and it's love. Psalm 2, Genesis 2 being challenged, it's requiring a Joel 2 response. Fasting and prayer to an outpouring of the Spirit, which leads us into Acts 2, a manifestation and a demonstration of the Spirit, an outpouring of the Spirit, where the people of God, they, they, they weren't ashamed of the Word of God. They, they, they preached the Word with boldness. And thousands came in, and many feared and trembled, and they preached this Jesus, whom you've crucified, this Jesus, whom you crucified, not just a Jesus, this Jesus. We need a Joel 2 to an Acts 2. And we need a Revelation 2. We need a Revelation 2.
encounter. The church in Canada needs a Revelation 2 encounter. Jesus introduced himself and encountered his beloved servant and apostle John. You know Saint John? The revelator? He encountered him. And this is the one who leaned on the breast of the, his beloved. He had that kind of relationship. But when he saw him in his actual glory, he fell on his face like a dead man. And Jesus put his right hand on him and he said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. I am that Jesus. And I'm your friend. And you're my friend. Out of that encounter led into a conversation regarding Jesus' word to the church. Seven churches. And he was clearly engaging with and bringing a word to the church, these different churches, but it's to us today. And he was challenging what needed to be challenged and affirming and strengthening. And all of it was, to he who overcomes, I will give. To he who overcomes, I will give. We're being invited into something so beautiful in this hour of history. But only the word of God in setting time apart, being in the word and encountering Jesus through the word, that's going to give him the place to divide between the soul and the spirit, thoughts, tense of my heart. And it's going to bring counsel to me in this love of his and free me in greater dimensions so that I can run in freedom, so that I can overcome because he's overcome. Each of these churches received his counsel. They knew, so that they knew the hour of history that they were in and the challenges they were facing in that specific hour and this is given to us so that we can be inquiring of the Lord and getting his counsel for this hour that we're in. God is wanting to speak to us, beloved. He's wanting to engage with our hearts. And that will lead us. Well, I put in Ephesians 2. And then unto 3, apparently. Yes, Ephesians 2, which is glorious realities that are imparted by revelation to our hearts. Well, we didn't even get into Psalm 27 yet. David shows us how to be a people filled with hope, courage, to become overcomers. This is what he's wanting to do to us, with us in this season quickly go through this and then we'll end. The Lord is my light. He's my salvation. And here it is. Whom shall I fear? There's so many right now that are fearful. 
because of the false narratives and the false prophets of our day. The Lord is the strength of my life. So he's my light, he's my salvation, he's my strength, the very strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? How many know David's gone through some stuff? You know, like he's a, he's a great model for us. Okay, so how can he say this? When the wicked, he says, came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. There he is saying it again. Though war may rise against me, here it is, the declaration. In this, I will be confident. Here it is. In this, I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. And that's what I'm going to seek. I'm setting my heart to seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my days. How many days? All of them. What for? To behold the beauty of the Lord. First things first. To behold Him. To gaze on Him. Here's number two. And to inquire in His temple. This is what we're talking about, even talking about going into the next three days of a fast, and even really in this season, is we want to behold Him and have fresh revelation of Him like we've never had in the past season. Do you believe that's possible? I do. And to inquire in His temple, Lord, what are the questions I should be asking you in this season? Oh, okay. Here it is. For in the time of trouble, what time? Time of trouble. In a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And, and here he goes on to say, he's going to set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies all around me. This is the reality in which I'm living from. I breathe. I live from. I see from this place. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. That's coming out of a revelation, beloved. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. That's a heart-seeking God. He says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. There was a response, heart to heart. I heard you say, seek my face. And my heart responded and said, your face, I'm going to seek. I'm pushing things aside. I'm making room. 
do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. And then he says, you have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. Then he says this, talks about do not leave me nor forsake me, but he says this, this is a statement of faith because he encountered the Lord, inquired of the Lord. He says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. He's, that's a revelation, beloved. That's not just a quote in scripture. That, like, that is a revelation he's living out of. He's on the run. He's got a demonized king. He's got armies hunting him down, man hunting. Like, this is David's world. And he says, but you're not going to forsake me. And he says this, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses, false prophets like the media, they've risen against me. They breathe out violence. The things that they're spewing out of their mouths are ungodly, the perverted narratives that they're speaking and accusing, joining with the accuser of the brethren. They're, they're, the accuser of the brethren literally has a voice through them. They breathe out violence. And then he says this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Everybody say, to now. To now. Yeah. And he says this, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Learn to wait. Position your heart. Wait on him. Because what's going to happen is you will learn to be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Not he'll consider it. He will strengthen your heart if you come to him. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Daniel's one of my dread champions. Daniel 12. And he said to me, he had an angelic encounter. It was in the midst of fasting for 21 days. He had an angelic encounter, and the angel came to him. And he said, do not fear, Daniel. Do not fear. I'm telling you, there's a war regarding fear in this hour of history. He says, do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day, here it is. I want you to consider your heart stepping into this. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words, Nathan's words, Rob's words, Fatine's words, Dakota's words, Rachel. Your words were heard 
from the moment you humbled yourself before your God, your words were already heard. And here it is, an archangel is standing in front of him that's all about a promise over a nation. And he says, I've, I've come and I'm here right in this moment, this archangel in front of Daniel. And he says, I'm here because of your words. Do you know how powerful you are? Do you understand the union and relationship that you have been invited into where the maker of heaven and earth sends archangels to one man who just simply humbled himself, cried out for a nation, Position his heart in humility. And this archangel that, you know, he had to say, do not be afraid, because if you saw a real angel standing in front of you, you fall like a dead man, terrified, trembling. Bring the very presence of the holy. Yeah, God Almighty sends archangels to go and to minister, to release prophetic revelation what's needed for the hour so that this one man could agree with God's heart and see a promise fulfilled over a nation. How many does God need? Sounds like one. Somebody to stand in the gap. Why don't we stand together? Father, we want to thank you that your word is the final word. Your word is a prophetic word. It is a blood-bought, purchased word. We give honor where honors due. We honor your son above all else and his sacrifice. And we honor the sacrifices of the prophets and the apostles who all gave their lives so that we could have the Holy Scriptures, this spiritual book that leads us into encounter you as the truth. You are, Jesus, you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. The life of the Spirit is in you, the Jesus of the Scriptures. And we say, yes, today, would you Drop the plumb line of your word in our hearts in this season. Would you impart grace upon every heart, God? Those on the streaming, those here now, upon our little children, God, God, our grown-up children, God, would you impart grace to the church across Canada, God, to be in a fresh way reintroduced to Jesus of the Scriptures, to know 
you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life. Father, would you bring us in, usher us in? Would you find hearts that are willing to yield and to position ourselves in a way to know you the way you desire to be made known? That all fear would be broken. Fear would be broken off of our nation. Fear would be driven out of the bride of Christ, out of her heart. That her heart would be filled with great courage, great hope, moving in great faith and great power and be not a, a, a mixture of light, but a pure light because your word has gained access into our hearts, into our very lives. Father, I'm asking for the pure prophetic to be birthed in this hour. I celebrate and honor what's been pure in the past season, but we ask you for a greater dimension of purity. We ask you for greater clarity. We ask you for a greater feeling your heart, hearing your heart, and seeing what you are revealing to us. God, I'm asking in this season, even this week, that you would open up, even if there are people in here that have never had a dream from the Lord, never encountered that they recall. Father, I'm asking that you would open up the realm of the Spirit over your people, God, here and across Canada. I'm asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I'm asking you for the promise of Joel that sons and daughters would prophesy, dream dreams, have visions, God. This is the language of the kingdom. This is the language of heaven. It's not something out there, something weird, or something because the New Agers have grabbed a hold of it and in the sense of dreams and visions. It is in the scriptures. It is the language of heaven. And we say we treasure it. We thank you for dreams, visions, and interpretation being released to us in greater dimensions. It's not for a superhero, God. It's for the whole body of Christ. And yet, Lord, I know that there's a handful of prophets that are gathering together over these next couple of days. Lord, would you pour out and lavish upon them in this season, God? Would you give the word of the Lord to your prophets to serve your people to impart grace and clarity. We love you. And we say, Jesus, you and you alone are king. Can I get an amen? Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. To find more teaching resources or to join us via live stream, visit our website at eastgatehouseofprayer.ca.